It's not just talking cards. It's a collection conversation with the pros. This is Off Center with Tony Reed. Hey, it's Tony Reed back for episode 12 of Off Center with Tony Reed. Uh, we're going to focus on Greg Olson this well, week. Well, you didn't introduce me this time. I was switching it up a little bit. Oh, excuse I me. I thought you were busy over there. Your oh, well, I seven am Seven computers. Busy. I have one computer. It's two monitors. <laughs> I'm in Chad Evans' office slash studio again for the 12th episode in a row. They're going to break Ripken's streak at some point, 2131. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> you imagine we get to a number like that with these guests? No, that would I be, can't imagine. By that point... We'll be freaking legends <laughs> if we keep pulling these guys, right? <laughs> I guess. So Greg Olson, you know, the rookie of the year. He's a first-round pick, uh, fourth overall in 1988, drafted by the Orioles. He wasted no time making an impact. He became the first reliever ever to win American Re- League Rookie of the Year honors, setting rookie hmm. records for saves with 27, was 5-2, and two, a 169 ERA. That's damn near unhittable. That's pretty impressive. 90 strikeouts in 85 innings. He was just on. He even said in our interview he had a little lull in the middle, but he started hot, and then he ended. He finished hot, you know, so he was, okay. Put it in perspective. In 1989, Greg Olson beat out Ken Griffey Jr. for Rookie of the Year honors. Do you need to know much more than that? That's pretty impressive. That's impressive. Nobody expected that. <laughs> no. No, so he he played 14 seasons, nine different teams. He retired with over 200 saves. He's in the Orioles Hall of Fame. You know, we talked to him about all kinds of fun stuff, and we'll get to that right now. I'm good, thank you. Absolutely, thank you. So, you know, you were a stud from a young age in high school, you know, four state titles, a standout at Auburn, a, a top five, well, actually the fourth pick in the draft in 88. Uh, do you remember the first time you were asked for your autograph? That's always kind of a cool experience. Was it, was it in high school, college, or beyond? And could you share that, that particular story with us? You know what? I really don't remember. Um, I don't have a vivid memory of the first time I was asked for an autograph. I don't, you know, I don't think it was in college. Uh, probably, you know, the first time that I, I would have been asked on a serious basis would have been what I got to, uh, Got to Hagerstown in A ball after I signed, you know, signed with the Orioles. But I, again, I don't, uh, I don't have a vivid memory of the first one. Yeah, well, maybe another first. You know, you, your rookie cards appeared in 1989 in a slew of products. You know, Bowman, Donruss, Tops, Upper Deck. You know, to name a few. Do you remember the first time you saw yourself on an actual trading card? Um, yeah, I was actually back visiting my uh, grandmother in Fremont, Nebraska. And um, I don't know how I found out that the cards came out, but uh, went to the local pharmacy or whatever and, and bought a box of uh, box of tops and went diving through it trying to get one of me. <laughs> Did you have finally, any luck? Finally, yeah, finally, finally found one later that night. But yeah, I, uh, that was that was a pretty cool moment. Yeah, and the tops card you were still in, in your Auburn uniform, if I remember correctly, being the, the draft pick and whatnot. Yeah, that was exactly it, and uh, it was just you know just kind of that that moment where you go, all right, another one of those moments where you just tell yourself, I made it to the big league, big leagues. Yeah, you, you mentioned that, and that's what pretty much, honestly, almost across the board, all the athletes I've talked to, that is kind of one of the I made it moments. I mean, that is such a special, cool thing that you know virtually no one gets to experience something like that in their lifetime, but a very few. 
Yeah, no, it was it was it was a really cool moment, and uh, you know, didn't realize that that card was going to be used as one of my first baseball cards, or else I probably would have taken the picture a little bit more seriously. <laughs> <laughs> That's another interesting fact, you know, guys. I've talked to you know former NFL players, and you know their their first cards, they're like in their in their pennies or in warmups, and and you know in preseason, and you know back in the day, it wasn't like it is today. Now they have you know multiple photo shoots and you know all kinds of technology to to create cards. But back in the you know seventies, eighties, nineties, it was pretty much just sometimes whatever picture they could grab. <laughs> Yeah, that was. I think that's what they did with the Auburn one. Pulled this one off and used it as a first pick. And, and uh, like I said, I wish they would have uh, let me know that was going to be a baseball card. <laughs> Speaking of cards, I believe your Twitter picture. It looks like it's the your studio card from back in you know the mid nineties. I want to say ninety four, ninety five. Is is that accurate? Is that picture from from the studio set that they did kind of back in the day? I believe it is. I had somebody kind of clean up my page and clean up a couple of my pages actually and uh he pulled that card off and used that one i was like yeah it looks all right it doesn't make me now that i'm much older than i was then don't need any of the old photos on there so <laughs> so speaking of, of the collecting you know genre and the hobby of baseball card collecting were you, were you a collector as a kid did you did you collect either baseball cards or maybe other sports or anything like that I don't know if anybody, you know, everybody collected baseball cards in the in the seventies when I was growing up. Um, nobody, I don't, you know, if anybody did anything seriously at that time with baseball cards, I didn't know anything about it. It was just trying to. Um, I don't know if there's any other sets, but tops either. So everybody just had their tops cards, and you would trade guys and try to fill your set. And you know, the only way you knew what the set was was one of the cards on the uh in the set was all 760 whatever cards <laughs> and um yeah so I, coll- I collected in the 70s and then got to college and a couple of my roommates decided to start taking it back up again so um that was when uh i think donruss came out and and score yeah score was 88 yeah in the first year of score yeah, so we started doing the you know those three sets and trying to put them together and and uh, you know get baseball cards whenever we could and and so started collecting again when I got to college. That's cool. I mean, you're a major college baseball player collecting cards. That's that's a pretty cool pretty cool thing. Us nerds that collect, you know, we always wonder if <laughs> the athletes care at all about stuff like that. You know. <laughs> Well, we, you know, I mean, it was just baseball card collecting was just starting to get really hot yeah. right then. I don't know if it was like, you know, in the 84 set and the, you know, trying to get the USA guys or what it was. But, um, yeah, it kind of got hot and we started doing it. And, and uh, you know, next thing I know, I'm playing against uh, a bunch of the guys on the cards <laughs> later that uh, couple, you know, within a year. Was there a, a, an experience like that when you first stepped on? Obviously, you had an, a, an incredible rookie year, but was there a moment where you, you step on the mound and you're facing someone who you, who you, you know, collected their trading card a few months or a year prior? Uh, you know, it wasn't like I, you know, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't run into like Greg Jeffries, who was the hot card in '88, yeah. or yeah. Um, <laughs> can't try to think of who else. Somebody else in Boston was it? it might have been Greenwell. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, didn't run into them and think of their baseball card. It was, you know, mine. Mine was uh, 
coming into my first game and facing Steve Balboni and just thinking of uh, Chris Berman, Steve Bye Bye Balboni. Yeah. <laughs> and going, wow, all right, Steve Balboni. You know, so that was that never never ran into a baseball card where you thought about the baseball card of the guy. But <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned, you know, the, the, we talked about the rookie season there. I mean, AL Rookie of the Year, you know, record saves for the Orioles. You know, the, the list goes on and on. Only I think you only gave up one home run your entire, you know, rookie season. Just kind of off the charts season. And you beat out Griffey Jr., obviously, in 89, and, and Gordon, Tom Gordon, who was obviously super hot at the time. What are your memories now about that crazy rookie season now that we, we're talking about it, you know, 20-plus odd years later? Um... You know, the memories are just you know the uh, the roller coaster. Um, you know everybody will bring up if when I get back to Baltimore, everybody brings up a game or two that they remember from that year. Uh, you know, for me, it was just getting a shot early in, in April. You know, Frank Robinson was my manager and he gave me a shot early in April, and um, just kind of ran off with it and hit a hit a big slump in the middle and then got hot at the end. And uh, you know. It, the most fun about it was that we were, you know, in a pennant race when we should have been in last place in the in the AL East. And this was, you know, for your readers, this was before there was an AL Central or an NL Central. This was just <laughs> yeah. an East, an East and a West. So you got, you know, Cleveland was with us, Milwaukee was with us. It was it was a big AL East, and for us to go from last place to a game or two back from Toronto in 89 was a, was a great run and the city of Baltimore was just on fire. It was just a blast. Absolutely. And you mentioned, like I mentioned the Rookie of the Year award. You were, you were an all-star in 1990, went on to become an Orioles Hall of Famer. You, know, you combined on a no-hitter at one point, You know, 200-plus saves. You know, the, the list goes on and on of your accomplishments throughout your career. Do you have uh, an office, a man cave, an area where you kind of have any any of your own you know, items displayed or or items you kind of gathered throughout your career or anything like that? Uh, I have, yeah. We moved from uh, Southern California to Auburn, Alabama and haven't, haven't uh, purchased a house yet, so we're just kind of looking. And and uh, so no man cave as of right now. <laughs> um, had a decent one in, in uh, Maryland. and had a good one in uh, California where we've lived at and um, you know, some of my jerseys I collected I collected bats um, and baseballs so had those all up and uh, that was kind of it the photos were in a different in a little bit different office and had some interesting photos over the years of running across you know, all the presidents would come into Baltimore on opening day before there was uh, the Nats <laughs> so we we would get uh you know we had George Bush, Clinton and uh, so I had multiple photos of them with you know and have a photo with the Queen of England. Wow. That now you're that's 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 high society right there. <laughs> yeah, that one was pretty good. She she came in for something and uh, came down to the dugout and met the Orioles and that was that's a cool photo and then uh I don't know how you know politically correct or this will go over, but have a photo of Castro and myself, Fidel Castro. Yeah. From the USA team in '87 when we went down and played in Cuba. So those those are all 
in an office space somewhere, but uh, everything else is like bats and jerseys and everything else is hung up in, you know, wherever a basement would be. That's awesome. You mentioned so many, you know, people in in pop culture and just society. You mentioned Castro. Obviously, anyone knows knows baseball knows how much of a hotbed Cube is and how how influential he even was and instrumental in in growing the sport there. And there was a weird relationship with him in this in the states. And th- did you have an actual you know moment with him or a conversation or I mean to to some degree with with, with Castro? Yeah, we were. Uh... Uh, I was in between starting and relieving with the USA team, so I was kind of going back and forth, and I was relieving one night. And, and uh, I don't remember the exact numbers, but struck out a lot of Cubans one night. And <laughs> yeah. he, uh, he came down out of the stands because the USA team hadn't won there in decades. And uh, so we won that night, and I think we ended up winning like two out of the seven games. Um but he came down and, and wanted to meet me and talk about my fastball that night. It wasn't wow. actually, yeah, my break, my breaking ball got taken away from me by some 38 year old pinch hitter that hit it at my forehead. And so I was like, okay, breaking ball's not working here. So <laughs> let's go with fastballs. <laughs> That's great. So before I let you go, one of the things, another piece of the interview I do, it's kind of like a card back, like a quick fire card back Q and a. So I actually went back you know, got a few of of your past cards. You know, there's always interesting, you know, tidbits of information on the back of, of cards. So I'll just fire a couple of quick quotes I found off the back of cards, and you can kind of give me your <laughs> give me your reaction to said card quotes. <laughs> All right. So on on the back, of your, you were a Diamond King, which is a big deal, obviously. You know, the Donruss Diamond Kings back in the day, and in '91. And now I'm paraphrasing here a bit, but the, it was a, a a back a card back that said, you know, you won't get to heaven without a strong bullpen, meaning your team won't get to the World Series. And they called you a a guardian angel that's a direct quote so what are your thoughts when, what are your thoughts when you hear that quote that one's uh that one's borderline cringeworthy <laughs> what, 30 years later yeah. <laughs> you know uh, it's just funny nowadays you sit there and you watch a game and you're going there's nine guys or ten guys in a bullpen and and I'll just look at my son going, you know, when I came up, we had five. <laughs> yeah. And he just looks like, he's like, what? And I was like, yeah, we had five guys. And I was like, it goes more to the starting staffs actually, you know, going seven innings and us only having to pick up two innings a night. But yeah, it's, it's a different world now where, you know, these guys are, um, you know, come, oh, like, shit, I can't say that because I came out of college as a reliever. So <laughs> I was going to say they're all specialized now, but uh, yeah, that was kind of me. So that didn't fit. <laughs> so uh, another card in 91, your one, one scorecard said you had a paralyzing curveball. Those are, those are big words, especially being a, a big leaguer sitting guys down the way you, I mean, you did, but those are pretty strong words, a paralyzing curveball. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it, uh, it, it fit when I got guys when I caught guys by surprise and they were not quite on that pitch. Um, yeah, you, you need to pull up the. Uh, I can't think. It's you talked about the one scorecard that everybody used for a, a face for the Twitter. Um, might have been the next year. Was it score? I can't think of it. I had a beard and my head was shaved. I'll find, and, uh, I'll, I'll find it. I'll track was, it. Was, to, was told I look like a, uh, a serial killer. <laughs> and the story, the story behind that was, 
you know, in spring training, there's not a whole lot to do when, in downtime. So Billy Ripken and I were going to cut each other's hair. <laughs> and he made the mistake of starting out on like a one. <laughs> and so the, the few remnants of hair that I had, had were shaved. So, and right when he did it, he was just like, oh, crap, you, you can do my hair when we're done. So, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> that explains the shaved head look that I never had again. <laughs> so the last one here, and I promise I'll let you get back to more important things than talking to me, but 92 score, you had a card called Impact Players. You know, there's a, like a little subset, and they called you the best young closer in the game. And at the time, you probably were. Do you remember that time frame when you were probably considered the best young closer in the game? Um... Yeah, I guess so. I mean, there were, you know, there was, you know, Bobby Thigpen and, and uh, I guess Jeff Montgomery was a couple years older, so he didn't fit as young. But yeah, we had a, we had a, you know, a crew of, of closers that were coming in, you know, started in 88 or 89 and, and uh, you know, to be considered in that group. Um, it was definitely an honor and Saturday, other than I think Jeff Montgomery, we all ended up blowing out within a year or two you know so it took us about four or five years of of pitching and then i think you know down to a man i think we all blew out except for again montgomery dibble um thigpen blew out schooler blew out charlton blew out uh man we will <laughs> it's a uh, hazardous job i guess i could say I guess. It's funny you mentioned Montgomery. I actually talked to him for this piece not too long ago. I printed an issue a few months ago, so that's kind of kind of it. I must be on the on the reliever uh, <laughs> reliever yeah. wing of my uh, Q and A's. Well, you gotta you know you gotta hit us up every once in a while. <laughs> so what a what a fun interview with with Greg there. Like I was saying, what's more Americana than going back to 1989? You're a draft pick. You head back to your grandmother's house in Nebraska, get wind that the tops cards are out. You go to the local pharmacy and you buy packs until you find your own card. That's amazing. That's exactly the story we're looking for. Here. That's amazing. That is the story I want every time. That's awesome. <laughs> From everyone I talk to. <laughs> I still can't get over the fact a rookie of the year over Ken Griffin yeah. Jr. That's, that's how hot he was that year, man. That's something to hang your hat on. Heck yeah. Wow. And Tom a reliever. Gordon was super hot. Then yeah. the Royals pitcher. Yeah. That's who he beat out. He beat out Griffey and Tom Gordon, Flash Gordon, who was a stud back then, too. He was unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yep. that was that. He met Fidel Castro. <laughs> Olsen, that's part of what he had in his man cave. He's, he's in the middle of moving, but he had, you know, he's uh, moved multiple times and he's had multiple man caves and he's kind of getting one set up. But he had pictures with, you know, presidents, sitting presidents, with, he went to Cuba with, the, you know, the, the American team Amazing. and met with Fidel Castro as a pic. Just like that's history. You walk yeah. into a guy's basement or whatever and you say, shaking Clinton's hand. There's a ball from a world, like, that's that's what what I want. That's what For we sure. want. That's what we want to what yeah. we want to experience. You know, so it's just stuff. amazing. Oh my yeah. god, takes you back. Yeah, takes you back. I wanted to ask you something that you brought up, and I just your cards totally... are still worth ten dollars. Yeah, I don't want to talk not... about that. <laughs> that's not what you want. To that's ask not me. true. <laughs> There's something in there. There's something in there. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> 
Come on. Well, while you're thinking. I was thinking of right The buy it now. Here was a cool thing. Okay, go ahead. Greg Olson and Jerome Walton dual signed baseballs go for about 100 bucks. You know why they were on the same ball? Both rookies of the year in 89. Whoa. AL That's cool. That is. Who has that? There are only a handful on eBay. Wow, they that's awesome. They go for about awesome. 100 bucks. That, that is pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. And Cardboard, his his card, it wasn't a rookie card, 1991 Desert Shield, his tops Desert Shield Desert card. Shield. PSA 10, 140 bucks. Get out. Do you know the story behind the Desert Why? Shield cards? No. Real quickly. Go ahead. Obviously the Gulf War in, in yeah. 1991. Tops produced the regular cards in 91, right? The regular set. Well, they produced that exact set with a gold Desert Shield logo on and sent them overseas to the troops is a you know a goodwill effort kind of thing. They weren't supposed to be released in the states. They weren't you know they were they were sent overseas to you know war torn areas for yeah. troops and things. Some of them made their way back. Those are some of the most desirable cards out there. How did they make their way back? They just sent them to the troops. Soldiers brought them back. Troops brought them, whatever. They made their way back from troops from, you know. Desert Shield. Yeah, 1991 Tops Desert Shield. They have a gold emblem. It looks like a palm tree, and it literally says Desert Shield on the card. They are incredibly hard to come by. 1991 was Chipper Jones' rookie year, so he was kind of the big rookie. So I don't have any. I highly doubt it. Are you sure? I Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to say. Trying I'm to sure. sucker me for a whole thing of 10 bucks. I might have that. A Chipper Jones they made the Desert whole set, Shield. And, I mean, any one of those cards are at least 100 bucks each. Some up into the thousands or tens of thousands. Who's a, the tens of thousands? Chipper and superstars like that that are graded, you know, tens and things like that. Someone sold a, a set of highly graded PSA of, like, the entire set. It's like a... 792, I think 792 cards in that set. It was over $100,000. Yeah. That's, I remember what I want to ask you. Yeah. Is in your card shop mm-hmm. they have in Sunbury. Yeah. Sports Zone Toys and Comics. Yeah. It's not mine, but yeah, I know. Yeah, I know but, you're, but you're always there. <laughs> I am always there. That's, um, that is a fact. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have boxes that do people still come in and open? Like packs, the card, like the boxes packs. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But do the is do you guys get old school boxes in? We have we recently started buying like junk era because I remember you talking yeah. about this getting the junk era. Yeah, we got probably five or six different baseball products, five or six different football, five or six different basketball. So these are still wrapped up yeah, from, from way back in the day. Ninety two. Where are you getting them? They're on eBay. They're they're readily you available. Can get them. Now, if you start talking unopened boxes and packs from like the early '80s, '70s, '60s, well, yeah, that, no, then sure. you're talking six yeah. figures for some yeah. of that stuff, if yeah. not more. But not '92 tops. '92 <laughs> tops is readily available. Really, '91, '90, '89. But where is there warehouses full of these? I think that just there was so much product from that era that they weren't a lot of them weren't open. They're still in cases, not just boxes. They're so right cases. now. Yeah. At the date of this podcast, when yeah. someone comes in, like, how much is a pack? Of, like, 91 tops yeah. a buck. So people just come in and just... They can. They're there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's not gum in it, right? Yeah, there is. I chew it all there the is. time. I'll open a pack yeah, just for the hell of it. What do you mean chew it oh, all yeah. the time? 1991 gum. Yeah. It's fine? Yeah. 
Now, granted, you chew and it disintegrates in 30 seconds in your mouth and leaves a hole in your tongue. But How many that, packs have you opened? It's fun, though, right? I, I love it. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's like 50 cents for you to open a pack. Like, yeah. You're going, you're, like you said, we're going back to when we were 12, you know? Yeah. So I just open them for the heck of it. Yeah. I just, absolutely eat the gum. 1987 Tops gum I ate not so long ago. Oh. 1987. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Tops gum. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's in the car. It's in yeah. the car. But yeah, gum from you know eighty seven tops packs. Yeah, I got that set. I got the eighty seven tops set. So is everyone else. <laughs> yeah, I was so excited. That's what I say to people: everyone that one set set has it, and everyone that doesn't still has it. That's how many are out there. <laughs> and then there's still more out there. But we were supposed to. We we're gonna keep because they forever. told us. Yeah, yeah. They told yep, us to. That is true. They, they lied to us. They said, keep these baseball cards. Yeah. They're going to be worth millions someday. Millions. Because their baseball cards were. Yeah. Hey, one thing is for sure. What a bummer. One thing is for certain. I will not lie to you on this podcast about anything. Scout's honor. I was never a scout, but hey. So that's that. 12 gonna, episodes in the books. <clears throat> there you go. That's it. Do, who do we have lined up in the future podcast? Oh, I'm not saying. Do you, you really want me to tell everyone? Mike Tyson, no. Ken Griffey Jr., Scotty Pippen. <laughs> right? This not is in the all, next round. This of, is all not great Not in the next stuff. round, but maybe later. Oh, okay. How about LT on. next time around? Lawrence LT. Taylor? I got to throw you a big one every all right, once in a while. All right. All right. All right. Okay. That'd be a nice little big one for me. That's it. Okay. Good deal. All right.